Hey there, restaurant pros. It's David Scott Peterson. Welcome to episode 30 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom from your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic centers around restaurant development and technology. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today, Anthony Amanategi, founder of CDO Group, an industry leader in providing a full range of outstanding construction development and project management services. Anthony and CDO bring an incredible amount of experience and expertise when it comes to restaurant development. Listen in as Anthony and I talk about the future of the restaurant industry, technology, and restaurant development insights. I want to welcome Anthony Amanategi to the show today, but first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by Repeat Returns. If you're a restaurant owner of a medium to high volume independent restaurant, multi-unit or franchise operator, and you're looking for a proven and realistic solution to attract, grow and retain customers, then you need to visit Repeat Returns. Repeat Returns is a modern marketing platform created by a restaurant owner for restaurant owners. It studies each customer's habits and patterns, predicts the most profitable outcome for your restaurant every single day, and deploys the marketing to make that happen. You'll never lift a finger. To see if Repeat Returns is right for you, visit repeatreturns.com forward slash DSP. Hey, Anthony, I'm so glad that you are joining me today on my podcast. Uh, we, you and I have talked, I've been on your podcast. We'll talk about that later, but thank you so much for being with me today. David, I'm, I, you know, I love our conversations. They're, they're fun. You know, thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited to be on here and your audience. Uh, I look forward to meeting them in, in, in this, uh, this podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Do me a favor. Tell me a little bit about yourself and um, kind of your background, because we're going to talk a little bit about the future, the future of the restaurant business, but you come from a development side, a dev development background. So talk about that a little bit. You know, I, I started this business at 22 completely by accident. I was going to be an accountant. I don't know how I ended up in construction and development. It was something that uh, uh, I'd worked my way through college painting houses. I met a, met a contractor. He talked to me into building a Banana Republic or painting a Banana Republic. It got me. All of a sudden, uh, from there, I went to do a Discovery Zone. Remember the playgrounds for kids? And a project manager met me, invited me up to Chicago, and all of a sudden, I was uh, asked to get a job, and I, and I got a job working for Discovery Zone. From there, we went to Blockbuster Video. From there, we went to Boston Market. And in Boston Market, I really learned the restaurant game. You know, we were starting with a group of experts that really knew how to take what was a dinner population. We really started to grow a lunch population. And then we really started, we tried to do breakfast. That didn't work. And that's really where Einstein bagels came from. And I went off to develop the Einstein bagels world uh, from the first location, uh, which was called the bagel. Sh it was called the bagel shop and uh, in Glenview, Illinois. And then from there, they bought a bunch of brands. They brought them together, created Einstein bagels. And uh, really learning how to manage uh, development programs, the market analysis, really trade area analysis. How do we really penetrate fastly and uh, uh, really take over a marketplace? From there, I went on to work for uh, Aban Pan. You guys remember those guys? And uh, yeah. they were great urban feeders. They made these great locations. And they said, hey, we need a suburban feeder. So we went off and bought uh, St. Louis Bread Company. And from there, that spawned into uh, Panera Bread. And you know what the story of Panera Bread just was really wonderful growing that brand. There was, their product was phenomenal. And uh, just the way that we, uh, they brought on uh, operators. And it just was a great, great idea. And from there, I got offered a partnership in CDO Group. And a year later, I bought the company. And for the last 24, almost 25 years this February, we have been building thousands of restaurants all around this country and you know it's been something it's, it's a passion right I love I love the restaurant uh, operator I love what it takes you know my job and our company's job is really to focus on hey you run your restaurants you find the best managers to open it if restaurants open with a line out the door I'm successful but if that means that they stopped worrying about construction and they started focusing on pre-opening opportunities, you know, where's the pre-opening marketing, you know, really key to great restaurant openings are being able to focus your team. So those first executions are flawless, right? Making sure that uh, the training processes, the procedures, the ordering, so you're not stumbling on your air hose with those first great customers you bring in, you really create passion from the first customer on. 
And uh, construction makes a difference, right? If, if you're walking in, there's horns and bells and whistles and tradesmen all over the place. It doesn't work for them. So our goal is to really create it so that uh, they walk in. They've got the opportunity to train really, really, really well. Uh, you know, we've had our time. Our goal is to turn over on time all the time and, and then really give them a place where they can train, open, and be ready for those customers. And, and today, that, that's, that's so much so important, right? With the, with the cost of real estate, uh, the opening up, the cost of construction, really, right now, if you look at construction, it's, it's you know, especially through uh, what we're going through, uh, you know, elevated costs, restaurateurs can't afford to make mistakes, right? They need every dollar, they, you know, losing a month's rent is the difference in some of these, some of these uh, entrepreneurs, right? They're, they're uh, getting to the opening point and they're, they're on fumes by the time they spend all the cash to get open and they need that. Uh, they, they need to make sure they open well so that they're not uh, upside down and they're, you know, it's struggling and making bad decisions from there. No, I couldn't agree anymore. I have a joke because I have a, some franchising background. Uh, I've opened independence. Uh, that's not really my strength. I mean, really, I'm, I work with people who are operating. However, I've been through enough openings that the joke is you never open on time or on budget. And so the fact that you come to this and say, hey, we're going to open on time. That's huge because operators, like you said, when they go one, two, three months behind, they blow through their free rent period. And the next thing you know, they're bleeding the cash out of their operating budget to open up with training and, you know, extra food and the extra labor and, you know, the cleaning and things like that. And and I can't tell you how many openings that I've been there that we haven't got C of O, but we're training, we're doing things. Walls have been reopened. They're checking electrical, they're checking plumbing to get the inspection, the C of O and like everything's chaotic. And then you're like, oh shit, we've got to reclean the whole restaurant as we're going through training because there's sawdust here and there's dirt here and so on and so forth. And that creates this chaos and craziness. So, you know, your philosophy and the fact that you can deliver something that opens on time, that is huge. As you mentioned, you glazed over the financial part of it, but the biggest thing is that man, I can breathe, I can focus on what we do well. That's run a restaurant, open a restaurant, not just worry about is the electrical right? And am I gonna pass the, you know, the, the health inspection? You so, know, I think that's the key to have, having that as a partner, having us as a partner is giving them that, that opportunity and going, look, cause I can't tell you how many restaurant tours I've watched, hire great managers, we're in construction, they're in there and, or we, we get that call, oh my God, our contractor failed, we're in the middle, they're three months behind, can you come help me? And they're losing the great people. They've, they've gone out to the marketplace and they found perfect people to operate their restaurant for them. And in those three months of delays, now all of a sudden they lose faith. They, they get another opportunity. They find something else that excites them. And they lose those great people that they've spent so much time courting and bringing on board. Uh, you know, what, what does that cost an operator? What, you know, what does that cost an operator to, uh, you know, in, in their development and their stride and their momentum? Uh, to, to operating. So, you know, David, that's that, you know, we're looking for those all the time as we look at the restaurant tour and we're going, all right, in today's marketplace with the demographics, the way that uh, we're all competing for those locations, right. Being able to get from dirt to dishes quickly, right. Being able to go out there. One of our walls here, it's got a 17 foot sign. It says from dirt to dishes in four weeks. Now look, that, that's a really big goal, right. To do ground up buildings. And, but today what we're working on is, we've got to be able to help the entrepreneur with, you know, as the market plates open up, as we get this data from third party, you know, we're getting more data today than we've ever had before. The entrepreneur now can look at a location. It used to be, look, look when I used to go and do sites, <laughs> look at them for sites, you know, the half of it was kind of put in the wind. You kind of look at it and go, all right, uh, there's a McDonald's over there. We must be in good shape, right? right? There must be people in this, in this neighborhood. And that's really what we were, we were following them. Today we can look at, household income, drive to, the, the amount of data points that we can collect on a marketplace and what, what's coming at us, right? What the data points that are coming to us through third party uh, delivery companies, through, through Amazon, through all, uh, Google, all the analytical stuff that we have where, where people are, the trends are happening, where they live, where they work, how they drive. You know, now the job is for the entrepreneurs to put, find out where their demographic is and put the restaurant right in their path of travel. 
Do you have any insight on how, how would somebody do that? Because remember, I primarily work with independent restaurants. We don't have the level of money the chains have or like a McDonald's. They've got, I mean, they're a real estate company beyond belief. They know traffic patterns and what corner, like, like you said, if you watched, watched them grow, uh, you've watched a Wendy's grow, if you will. All they did was open across the street from any McDonald's. They didn't have any real estate, you know, research. Just went, oh, McDonald's, Wendy's, right? So that's right. right. How, how does somebody gain that knowledge, and where do you find this information? And because what what blew my mind is as we were talking, getting ready for the call, you talked about third party delivery actually getting information there. Like I've never thought of that. Where do you find info? You know, this is where the de- the marketplace is changing, right? It used to be, you know, there, there is a, there's a whole formula for a following uh, demographic, right? You're looking at a brand going, hey, they meet our, our, our customer, you know, uh, profile and following them into a marketplace. And that's it. That's one great way of doing it, right? There's certainly our brands who can do that and, and find uh, a, a brand that matches them. And they can follow them into a marketplace and, and do very, very well. There's people who follow Home Depots. There's people who follow uh, Walmart, you know, the, the big box stores and go, look, if I'm in front of that store, that market, that, that client's my client and it works really, really well. Right now, the other brands that are out there. There's some other, there's great stuff. We're working with a pizza company out on the East Coast. They're they're building, you know, five and eight hundred thousand dollar pizza restaurants. I mean, in, in the past, to build a five hundred thousand or eight hundred thousand dollar pizza restaurant, it's crazy, right? Your returning your investment's tough. Uh, you know, but what they do is they go out and they build a really great prototype. They put some fancy, fancy. They really make it a a environment that uh, the young people want to hang out in. Uh, it's a real meeting place. It's a fun place to be. And then what they do is they have delivery from those points. And as they use the third-party delivery folks to figure out where the delivery patterns are coming from, their goal is to figure out, all right, look, I'm getting a a bunch of people from out in this neighborhood. So what they do is they move a food truck that's equipped with all of their their stuff out to that area. And now they can lower their their delivery times from, you know, today, companies are out there working on delivery times. You know, it used to be 30 minutes was the goal. Right now, their brands went down to 15 minutes. And now some brands are working on trying to beat an eight-minute delivery time. Now look, you're, you're, you're looking at the Uber, you know, third-party delivery folks, and you're looking at, all right, I can get the dinner in eight minutes. Even if I didn't want that place, I'm picking that place if I'm really hungry or if I'm in a hurry or, you know, I, I need to get kids uh, to soccer. Eight minutes, I can get, I can get, you know, pizza here in eight minutes, and I can have them eating it, eating in twelve, and we can be done and off to a soccer game. Uh, you know, there that that changes the whole demographic and the way we look at things. So today, you know, being able to take that third-party demographic, not not just that. Also realizing that uh, there are restaurant brands who are out there going, hey, look, I can get $1,000 worth of catering a day out my door without, before I even open, right? There are brands who are working with, uh, you know, downtown eateries that uh, go, all right, look, if I'm, if I'm on the, if, if I'm able to find out where those, where those catering op- options are, if I can get $1,000 out the door without a customer ever walking in, right? I bring that to them. Think about how that changes my, my, my economics right there. Right. So, so, you know, looking at the different uh, day parts uh, as opportunities is really a, a science in itself. Right. Maybe I'll look at, you know, through this whole pandemic, there were folks who were like, I'm not doing delivery. Those third party people take too much of my money. And then there were other people who said, this is magical. Right. Who today, even, you know, as we're going back and forth through the pandemic, they're still taking on a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks a day on a Monday, on Tuesday, uh, out the delivery door that they didn't have before. And that one person sitting in a seat in the restaurant, you know, breakfast restaurants that uh, I've got one right down the street from me over here that uh, really mastered how to deliver, how to deliver breakfast, right? I mean, you're, you're sitting at home, you're tired. The kids are all whiny. You got uh, friends over from uh, for very vacation or something. Now you want to have breakfast. You don't feel like cooking it. All right, great. Everybody call and get on the app and boom, tell me what you want. Right. I can get pancakes. My, yeah, we do it here at the house all the time. You know uh, we thought it was funny to get uh, delivery breakfast, but it's kind of fun when you're in a hurry trying to get everybody ready for soccer or running for their Saturday. Uh, and they can pick, you know, they get, uh, my, my one daughter loves corned beef and hash. The other one wants uh, pancakes. The other one wants two eggs uh, exactly like this. I don't have to sit there and play shorter chef in the morning and not that I do it all the time, but every once in a while, it's kind of a nice luxury to have And that restaurant, which we love going to, but it takes time to get there. And you know, the difference is you used to, you know, you go there, you pay a tip or here you pay a delivery charge. The cost difference is pretty, pretty simple. So uh, today as a restaurant tours, look at those, not as, you know, Hey, they're taking money from me because the truth is when I look at that app, I'm not looking at the difference in cost. If, you, if, if I'm getting charged a few more bucks on the online ordering as compared to the in-store opportunity, 
or in, in restaurant opportunity, I'm never even noticing it, right? And most aren't. But there are guys, there are restaurant tours who are just like, no. You know, they're, they're the same guys who are, who were the uh, taxi drivers, right? Going, I'm, I'm never going to do Uber. Right? I'm not ever going to forget Uber. It'll never make it. I'm not going to do that. I have, a, I have this medallion. I'm going to stay being a taxi driver. And they fought it. I'm never going to do this. And then Uber took over and they still have $200,000 plaques they were driving around with and there's no customers to get to. And uh, they just weren't willing to make that evolution. And today as a restaurateur, we've got to keep our heads on a swivel, right? We cannot, you know, dig in. The whole opportunity about being a restaurateur is swiveling. All right, what's happening with the marketplace? Looking for opportunities that can excite and invigorate your brand, right? Here, how do you get the delivery packaging to speak your brand, right? How can you get it from being just some styrofoam crap? How do you make it so that when that bag ends up in your house, it's something that you remember the brand for, right? Uh, you know, uh, I'm seeing delivery stuff today. That's great. Uh, sealed bags that really make sure that the integrity of the product gets there per- perfectly. Uh, you know, I was on the phone uh, on a podcast yesterday with El Pollo Loco. They're doing some of the coolest delivery packaging out there. It really speaks to their brand, the neatness of the brand. Uh, they're really taking that digital opportunity to make a difference in their, you know, in that, in that, uh, that uh, economic stream they're creating, uh, which is called, you know, which is not impacting the restaurant, right? You're now getting, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars a day out the door, without one butt in a seat, right? Now, how does that impact the restaurant? Now, they also have to make sure that they're equipped for that. Now, the restaurant brands that don't want to deal with that, kind of treat it like a secondary child or a stepchild over there, uh, it's not going to work, right? So let's, they're, let's they're, spend yeah. some time on that. I mean, I, technology is really uh, changing how restaurants run. And you coming from the development side, you're seeing equipment left and right, things that can make a difference, especially now, as you said, coming through COVID and now we're here is, I don't know, where we fourth, fifth wave while we're open and we're busier than ever, there is a labor shortage at the time of you and I recording this. And I've got people, my coaching members are talking about, you know, uh, tortilla makers and equipment that will shred chicken and equipment that will do this and, and, you know, flatten out pizzas and whatever the dough balls. What are some of the technology things that you're seeing that are being put in place to take advantage of third-party delivery, to take advantage of, of lower labor, less skilled people efficiencies? Are you seeing a trend out there? Absolutely. We're technology, and I think everybody right now is in a race to find those pieces, right? How do I, how do I eliminate uh, you know, or, or make the position that much easier to operate. You know, uh, uh, the big hamburger brands are working on, you could clearly see that the future of their kitchen is really gonna be as they adapt one piece at a time to go automated, right? Uh, the way the lines are getting set up, the way that uh, they're approaching uh, the restaurant, uh, you're really seeing things like table locators, right? Where, where a customer can walk in, order from a phone, come in and never interact with the front counter. Come in, sit down, and they'll be able to get their food at a table and never interact with the counter at the front. Now look, what does that do to labor at that front counter, right? If I can come in, I can order everything I want, sit down and have it come to me. Better service, right? I don't have to interact with that, that person delivering that. All they need to do is smile and say, you know, is there anything I'm missing? Make sure that they're getting exactly what they want. And today there's one change right there, right? Just adding in table locators, right? Uh, we're seeing the kiosks that are coming up how many restaurants are doing kiosks. The first time I did that interaction, I was like, how dare you? Get, you're taking away customer service. How dare you? But today, I have no line. I walk up and go boom, 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 boom. I order things much, much faster. It just took that uh, breaking through that fear of the kiosk. Now, once I did that, I'm like, hmm, this is actually kind of nice. I can kind of look around and I don't have that pressure of everybody behind me, right? I, you know, there's a few of these kiosks here I can, I can pick from. And, and I think that's what we're noticing is that you know, things like kiosks are changing. Back in the back of the house, you're seeing automated machines that, uh, uh, you know, it's one button up, one button out, right? Uh, uh, and you can very clearly see that uh, uh, brands, you know, there are, uh, there's a brand down in uh, Florida, or out of Italy that are making these automatic pizza makers. Go online and, and go online and just type in uh, automatic pizza maker. It makes a fresh dough pizza with fresh dough, right? They're taking flour from flour, mi- mixing it, making it, flattening it out, Oven cooked, fire oven uh, cooked, fresh made pizzas. No one's ever touched it. Think about that. Now put that thing on wheels 
and deliver deliver there. Where's there an opportunity? There, there's an opportunity, right? So you start to look at, you know, keep my head on a swivel. Where are my opportunities in this brand? Never ever going. I got to figure it out because as soon as as soon as a restaurant, the, the 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 number one sin of being a restaurateur is, I got this. As soon as you got this, you don't got it, right? Right. It's always being on a swivel, looking for opportunities, making sure that uh, uh, I'm looking for those places where my staff can serve my customer better, right? Where me as an owner, I can I can I can uh, watch my facility better, right? I can see my interaction between the, the uh, employee in the building, the employee and the customer, the customer with our building, right? As I can look at those opportunities, uh, you know, better. And, that's, and we're, we're seeing that. We're, we're watching camera systems that are able to watch how uh, employees interact on, on a line, uh, you know, so that uh, all this technology, as we bring it into, into play, that's the fun stuff, right? That's the stuff where, you know, if you're, you're, key, if you're out there, you're going, I never saw that before. I get excited every time I, I see, yeah, I've been working with a brand uh, trying to build an automatic uh, a burrito roller. Right. I, I, I keep laughing. I was like, if we can get this to figure out, there's a robotics company right here on our block. And I, you know, they work for the CIA and they, they were, they work doing all this other computer stuff for the government. I'm like, look, all I want you to do is make me an automatic burrito maker. There's, there's a brand changer right there. If I could, people can online order and it can automatically make a burrito for me. Exactly how a customer wants it. Think about where that's going as a, as a, as a, you know, the future. How does that make it that much easier for a brand to interact? So with I want to bleed into the faster. future in a second, but I want to I want to tie I want to kind of tie in our, our our last two kind of major questions together. And one of them is, you talked about um, you know demographics, things like that. How you can mine your third party, find out where where your customers are coming from, and go there with a. Uh, you know, kind of that's where you can put, stake your, your flag in the ground, but that you had a, a concept that is going out there with a food truck and not necessarily to line up people at a food truck, but in order to increase delivery speeds and find out if there is enough, enough households, if you will, rooftops, offices that can, can sustain a store. I want to, I want to make sure that I'm understanding that right. Like when you talked about them having this food truck and putting it out there. It's truly just to test the waters and you're using the third party apps or are they delivering themselves? Third party apps. And some of them are doing both, right? They're doing simultaneously their own delivery and third party apps, right? They're using, look, why limit yourself to one or the other? Right. The ones are like, I'm only going to use mine because I'm going to save the money and, and great, great, great. Try that. Right. Why not take advantage of another brand or other people that, you know, this is where, the, the future is people are all, uh, their egos get all invested. Like, well, I've got to do this. Great. Keep trying that. See how it's working out for you. Right. <laughs> you you got to look at it and go, look, why not take the opportunity? Let the third party people that are doing the marketing for you, that are collecting the money for you, that are, that are, that are making this whole process. You know, your people don't have to interact with the customer. They're doing that for you. All you have to do is make the product like you love doing, right? The great product that you make. And look, if it's food trucks, or if it's third, or, or or if it's off-premise location cooking, right? You know there are brands right now that are out there working on uh, putting locations that are in back of malls, right? right. Taking that sea level, that sea level real estate, that piece that you never wanted before, the one that was behind the mall, the little thousand square feet uh, behind a mall, but cars can drive up to it easily, right? So third-party people can come and pick up stuff in a big parking lot, right? But it's not in the front of the mall; you can't see it. But the rent is nothing right? They're hopping these things in for no money. Their equipment is movable, right? It's some electrical outlets, some FRP on the walls and some uh, drop in ceilings. And they're getting, and, and landlords are loving it because they're going, Hey, look, I'm using this unrentable space that I didn't have before that I can now rent to a retailer or to a restaurant group. And they can use it for the third party delivery out in the middle of a market where they didn't have a store. Right. And they go, wow, this is really working. The market that that, that store is sustainable. Look, I'm, I'm already getting uh, X number of dollars and they got to figure out what that threshold is for them. What's my threshold? When I hit that threshold, now it's time to start looking for a piece of real estate where we can put a flag, right? Okay, and now so we now can grow from that one. Now let me pull you back to the second major question we talked about is, is technology and how that's changing what we do. Like, is there, are you the source and you look for it? Or is there a, 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 like how as an operator, and you may not have an answer to this question, and so it's, it may be a curveball. 
How does an operator go, you know, I, I need to start looking for a piece of equipment that can do this. I need to look for a piece of a technology that does this. Is there a place that you like to hone in or is that something that you guys do and you actually do the research and source for any restaurants that you're developing? Where does somebody go to, to look for that if they've never done it before? You know, I, I think that they gotta look at where their strong, strong points are today, right? If you're, you know, uh, I'm talking to a little restaurant tour that's down in uh, Austin, Texas. He's got this amazing, amazing, uh, you know, breakfast restaurant. And you look at it and go, all right, how do we, how do we, how can we take technology and impact you there? Right. Is it, is it changing the line? Right. Cause right now he's got a great line. It's working well, but maybe it's the third party delivery folks and getting the, getting their food out the door. Right. And start looking at, all right, how do I start looking at my, my packaging? How do I start looking at, how do I go partner with how many different brands can I go partner with for third party delivery? How do I set those, those, those menus up? I don't necessarily have to sell my whole menu to that third party delivery folks. I can put partial part of my menu on there, right? And starting to go down and go just today, look, you're, you're a restaurant tour and you're looking to do technology today. Just start with one today, get your head out of your mop sink, right? Get yourself out of your, get off the line today and go sit down and start looking at one third party delivery folks and start looking at, all right, wh how, what part of my menu, could I put on there and what's the packaging we're going to use and how we're going to handle when we get that call. So who in our restaurant is going to take it right now? They're going, you know, I was with a brand uh, the other day where down in Indianapolis and just two women that own the restaurant and it's a great, great little breakfast restaurant, right? Another breakfast restaurant. And they're great. But I was talking about, are you doing third party? She's like, I, I can barely handle run the restaurant today. Right. She's, right. she's sitting there going, I run the restaurant. If I'm not here to run it, I'm like, you're a slave to this business. This is, you're you not a manager. You're an employee of this, of this restaurant. You're not an owner. It owns you. It's the right. owner. You're the operator, right? You know, you've got to get your head up out of this restaurant and start looking at it. Now, part of you to go start looking at And by the way, as an owner of a company, I've done that myself, right? Cause I'm really great at doing construction. I'm great at doing real estate. I love doing that stuff. But for me to grow, I had to start letting other people do this. And I scared the, it scares the crap out of me to let somebody else do it, right? As I personally grow as a man, right? I look at the opportunity and go, all right, how, how am I stopping my own business? And man, I, I, I go and I hire this great leadership group. And it took years to really hone in on them. And today I'll sit in my office and sometimes I'll just feel this urge to go out there and jump into everybody's business. And I keep my door shut for a reason. Not, not because I don't want to interact with people, but it's keep me inside the room, right? Because yeah. I don't need to be out there jumping in everybody's business, which... As soon as I do that, I, I have the ability to walk into a room and take all the oxygen out of it, right? Because I'm great. I, look, I love doing the business. If I do it, but the truth is, what does that do? It serves my ego. And operators, I tell them all the time, look at yourself. Are you serving the restaurant? Are you serving your ego? Is, is working that hard really serving this restaurant? Or are you sure. just serving yourself? Is there something in you that you need to prove to yourself? Now, let's look at that, right? If you want to grow, you say you really want to grow, or do you want to be slave to this restaurant? How do you sit back and hire great people? Preaching yeah. to the choir. This is this is what we yeah. do, right? Is 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 at least on right, my right. side of the world is is get you That's freedom right. from your business and the financial freedom you deserve. But let me just hone back in, and you can say you don't have this because yeah, uh, yeah. again, yeah. it was a curveball. The equipment side of things, not necessarily the third party delivery. Are there sources to find equipment that? automate processes that you're familiar with? Is that what you guys do? Or do the concepts come with it and they've already, they've already kind of done that research? No, I think you gotta do both. You, you gotta be constantly looking at the restaurant equipment magazines, the stuff that fits your restaurant, right? I, here, we don't, we don't, we'll execute that with you, right? You'll, you'll come to us and go, hey, I found this piece of equipment. Here's a, an automated uh, 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 pizza oven. Here's, a, here's an automated uh, fry machine, here. Let me see how I can interact and how I can put that into your facilities. Can I put that into one or, or 100 or 1,000 of your locations? How are we going to do that? Uh, we'll work on, on the execution and implementation of that. Yep. How's it going to interact with your restaurant? How's it going to fit in the restaurant? But you really, there's so many, that technology right now is changing so fast right. that there are experts out there. You know, go to your restaurant equipment people. You know, go to Edward Dodds. Go to the brands that you're working with, the guys you work with every single day. Yep. They, they have a list of new stuff that they're working with. And don't be afraid, look, try it on. It's exciting to go look at it and go, all right, maybe, just maybe I can make it, I can make my line just operate a little bit easier if I figured out how to put that machine in there, right? If I can just change one piece of equipment on there, 
Uh, but you know, often, oftentimes restaurateurs are thinking small. They're like, I don't want to spend, you know, 4,000 or 5,000 bucks on a piece of equipment. I can't, I can't see my, but I'm telling you, once we start to make those little changes, it becomes part of my style, right? When I, st- when I keep acting cheap in a little restaurateur, I am a little restaurateur. As soon as I start thinking big, if you look at the brands that we work for, the, the best franchisees or the best operators are the ones who embrace the technology, the ones who are on the, on the sometimes even on the bleeding edge of it, right? They jump in, but they're always, they're the ones who, who remodel the restaurants first, right. right? When a brand says, hey, it's time to remodel your restaurant, they're the first, hey, we're in, we're in, we'll do it, we'll do it first. And you see their numbers are always in the top of the class. Right. right. And people are like, well, that's why, cause they make lots of money. Well, that's why they make lots of money because they're the ones who are embracing and looking for the opportunities to continuously change. It's the small thinkers that they're, they're going, well, we don't have any money. You don't have any money because you keep thinking like small thinkers. And, uh, you know, David, you, you know, when I listen to your podcast, it's one of the things I love, you know, when you really, are you chained to this restaurant, right? How are, how are you, how is this restaurant operating you instead of you operating it? Right. Well, let me ask you this. All of this conversation leads to our industry is changing. Like, and, and you talked about cutting edge versus bleeding edge. You're seeing what's coming down the pike from the big chains to the independents that are, are truly growing in, in regional areas. Um, what are you seeing as the future of the restaurant business? Because it's, it's tough now, right? It's, it's, it's one of those things that labor costs keep going up. Food costs keeps going up. Rents keep going up. We keep finding all these services from third-party delivery to software, and we're chipping away at our margins. And so that's where I come in and I help people put together their budgets or plan for success and finding efficiencies they've never seen before. But there is a there are trends that are happening, and you'd be much farther ahead than I am because you're seeing what the big guys are doing, and as well as as regional. Um, what are you seeing as the future of the restaurant business? You know, you're, you're certainly seeing right now the interaction between technology and the restaurant much, much higher than ever before. You're, you know, uh, today the, the um, Instagram, Facebook, the, the, uh, the, thir- the apps that are out there today are, that are being able to find where the restaurant, where the uh, customers are at, how do they order faster, how do, they, how do they show up at a restaurant and it's there, right? You can very quickly see that the brands that we're working for today are setting up for uh, complete ordering by app, right? Being able to do everything, you know, uh, the brands that are out there, even the kiosks that are there are today's technology. You can see very quickly how the future of that will be. You'll order it right from your own device. People won't even have to touch anything but their own device. You'll be able to walk up and boom, you'll interact with a, your own device, which you know how to operate it, right? You'll be able to walk into a restaurant, your food will be ready for you. If you're picking it up to go, great. If you're, if you're, if you're, ha- you're going to sit down and have it, great, right? You'll have a place to sit down. It'll be ready for you. And you won't have to interact with anybody other than your device to make, make that happen unless you want to, right? That'd be your choice. And the restaurants will be able to bring that level of service up. You know, the thing, the thing I noticed, David, the most is the brands that are, you know, some folks are out there going, ah, oh, my margins, my this, my, look, that's always been the case. Come on. Since I was a kid, you look at the restaurant world. Have, have you ever known a restaurant tour that, that, that says they can make enough money? Even the guys who are making lots of money are like, nah, I'm broke. It's, it's part of the language of restaurant tour, right? And, and, and yes, there is, there is some classic stuff with today's employees are more expensive than ever before. But also their opportunities today. There's a lot less restaurants through COVID. Or the, the, as we tape in this today, the amount of restaurants that went out of business, you know, really creates an opportunity for people that are in the market today to take advantage of that, right? To grab up as much market share as possible, really create the craving for their food and their product. What restaurateurs love doing, right? The part is they're, they're so happy to sell their product and have people love their food. Uh, you know, great restaurateurs stand there. Now, how do I get, how do I get it from, how do I use technology to communicate that, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, watching them take old advertisements that they did, however they were doing before and convert them into today's technology, you know, you know Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, you know, they're not the same. You can't take all the old ads from before and try to put them onto those marketplaces. It doesn't work today. Instagram followers are different than the Facebook followers and the TikTok followers. And we've got to interact with them differently, right? Being able to go in there and, and interact with those brands, those, those customers, uh, you know, in a much, much different way and make sure you, you gear towards that customer, you know, really create that craving from their level, whatever, wherever that level's at. Uh, then, then you get into the, third-party delivery folks, making sure that the third-party delivery folks that are, you know, if they're ordering through 
the, the, those folks, making sure that the delivery folks can get in and get out. Nothing worse than having a delivery driver get to your place and have to sit there for 20 minutes waiting for your product, right? It just, it sets the, you know, when they go, oh, I got to go that brand again, right? You want to make it so that those delivery drivers crave coming to you because your customers love getting your food on time and they tip them more, right? They get there. You are the best brand out there taking care of uh, the third party delivery folks. In fact, when you get there, Hey, you want a bottle of water? Hey, can I get you something to drink? You know, what can you do as a brand to make third party people love delivering your product, right? How do you embrace them rather than looking at them as an enemy that's taking your margins from you, right? How do you look at them as a partner? They love coming to your brand. They become your brand spokesman. You know, they deliver it with a smile, right? Making sure that, you know, or, or do they just wait for 20 minutes for your food to get out? They got there and it's like, ah, right now the customer's mad at them, mad at you, mad at, you know, and, and, now the next time they see that ad that, uh, that come up, they're like, ah, I don't want to do that. Right. And, um, and start to look at those, how do how does, how does your restaurant really look at, uh, those, those opportunities and, you know, service them well. Right. So, so maybe I, I can't, I, what I don't want to do is have, you know, there's less people in restaurants during, during this pandemic. Right. So all of a sudden you got one part or, you know, a handful of people, 25% of the people in your restaurant and you get this fury of, online orders and the people in the restaurant suffer, right? They're sitting there going, there's no one in the restaurant. Why is it taking me, you know, 30 minutes to get my meal, right? And they're looking at it going, oh, you can't do that to them, right? You got to make sure that you're looking at it, looking at it and, and, and getting above and going, all right, how, how am I going to handle this? Right. Making sure that uh, there's a pizza restaurant right down the street here. They do $5 pizzas on Tuesdays. They get hundreds of orders online, but during the pandemic, they were going through this place where they didn't have people in the restaurant. And all of a sudden you got all these online orders and he's like, all right, how am I going to handle this? I don't want those people to suffer. So you just got to make sure that as those orders come in, how, do you, how, does, how does your restaurant staff understand how to prioritize those, right? So that they're serving the online, right? Keeping that, keeping that, that, that order going. And now they've done some smart things. They know when their peak is. They're now using their technology. They're looking at their demographic. They're looking at their model going, all right, it's from, from 635 to 740. We're getting this ma major peak and they get ready for the peak. Right. They're getting the shelves ready. They're getting the dough ready. They're getting the stuff they need to do so that you can handle the peak better. Again, instead of sitting there waiting for it to happen, you know, there's, there's the old fisherman sat out there with a bobber, right. And they're waiting for the fish to come by. Yep. They're spear fishermen. They jump in the water. They get a spear gun. They go chase after the fish, right? How do, how do you restaurant tours go and chase after your fish? Right? How do you jump in the water, stab a fish, put it in your mouth, stab another one, put it in your mouth, get three, come up with three of them instead of, walking out there waiting for one to come by, right? There's so, where the opportunities, what, how do I do that? So for all intents and purposes, it, it's the theme of everything we've been talking about. It is embracing technology, thinking outside the box, finding ways. It, it's kind of like, if I were to summarize what I think we're talking about here is stop being a prisoner to your business and start thinking strategically. How do we, how do we capitalize on the software? How do we capitalize on equipment? How do we keep delivering the guests the best experience possible with the changes that are going on versus being stuck and not be willing to invest in your business, not be willing to change how you do things, or again, bring on these things that may cost us more money. And the, the nice part about those people who work with me is we're putting together budgets. You know, if you're going to bring on that piece of technology, we can truly say, this is what your return can look like, or this is what it's going to do to lower your labor cost. And you're going to have return on that in six months, one year, and then it's going to explode that you can make good decisions based off your numbers. But I, you know, what I'm really hearing is our industry is changing quickly. And you've got to think strategically, not be fixed in how you do things. Am I, am I missing something or is there something else that, that, that I should be taking away? Absolutely. You know, it, it is for sure being in the mindset of, of, of standing up and being the looking for opportunities in the change, right? Am I riding the change like a, like a, like a surfboard or am I, is it a wave? Is riding this technology wave? Am I riding it like a surfboard, getting up there and, 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 and hanging 10? Or am I getting beat up by the wave? Am I sitting out getting beat up by it? And you're exactly right. Standing up as an, an owner operator, uh, looking at it going, I, how do I do this? And it becomes a mindset, right? Once I start that, once I open that door, I start looking at budgets to look for new equipment, right? All of a sudden I start looking at it going, hmm, how do I, how do I, how can I market different? You know, how do I bring on a different marketing group that, you know, as I start to look at equipment, I start looking at, you know, once I get in that mindset of change, 
I take the same mindset and I bring it in from equipment. I bring it into advertising. I bring it into operating. It becomes a way of being rather than the way I used to be. Right. If I, if I keep doing what I've been doing, I keep getting what I've been getting. Right. And that, that whole change, uh, it, you know, it's, 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 it's a great evolution. No, I, I love it. We're talking the same language. That's why you and I like to talk to each other. We're like to, two teenage <laughs> girls sitting, at, you know, 16 years old in the cafeteria talking about boys. It's like, you know, mindset is the major deal. Like my evolution as a coach from 2003, when I started, it's about system, system, systems, profitability, profitability. Oh yeah, managers. And then you. And what I found after selling my my last company that turned into a software company from a, a restaurant training coaching company two years ago is that I look at my most successful people and it really is mindset. What sets them apart is they go, they're not in a fixed mindset that says, oh, here's challenges, it's somebody else's fault, blame, 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 and stuck. They have a growth mindset and go, oh, it's challenges. Shit, I can out learn that, think that. Like there's always a solution. Yeah, they have the same challenges. Yes, they have days that they, you know, want to do some some one of their vices to feel bad about themselves. But the next day they pick themselves up by their bootstraps and go, this is the way we're going. I'm leading my company forward. And, you know, it, it's always great to hear that, you know, that is the right, the right sauce or whether we're talking about development and equipment and technology, budgets, running your business, it's your mindset as an entrepreneur is, is truly thinking there's always another way to do it and I can always improve. Am I missing anything there? Absolutely, David, I, I, we're malleable. As, as owners, operators, how malleable can I be? How, how do I look at myself every day and go, all right, the way I was before was great, but if I'm going to go somewhere different, yeah, how, what, and being around people to do that, right? Uh, companies like yourself that come in and, and, and challenge me. I, I, if, I, if you look at our CDO group, I have a coach that comes in. We have different kinds of coaches that come in here every quarter. There's a different coach in here. We got ones that work on our staffing. There's ones that work on our finances. There's ones that work on our health, right? And I, I bring them in to challenge us because if we don't continue to challenge and I mean, mind, body, soul of the company, right? Look, if, if I look at the, the accounting part of principles and go, all right, we're just going to follow, look at those, right? Now, what about, what about my people? What about the people's health? Right? You know, today we work on uh, their bodies, right? How do we look at the way people eat, the way they work out, the way the, the, just they're, they're human, the human that comes to work every day? How do we make them better, right? So as we look at those, go, all right, that's an opportunity. Or, or how do we look at our diversity? How do we work as a group and how do we work together? How do we take the knowledge of, of different people to, to a solution, right? And, and bring coaches in to help us commu create communication around that. And how do we create language and opportunities for that? You know, so that's, uh, you know, that's the challenge, right? How do we be malleable, right? The, the, the part of us that has coaches like you come in and go, look, challenge yourself here. And once that mindset starts happening, right? It becomes a way of being. You know, where I start working up at four o'clock in the morning, four thirty in the morning, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, I'm working out hard, right? You know, this morning I got five, I got uh, five miles in before I even got to my first meeting at six thirty with a group of people that really, th that group of people really helps me, really work on being malleable, right? As a group, we we challenge something every single day, and we look at our, how do we take that into the day, and then by the time I get to my uh, actual work day, you know, this group of leaders uh, has really challenged me to be. Um, to, to be, you know, to, to be more, uh, to, to look at opportunities for me to change. So, um, well, I love let's, that. Let's string that into, and I don't mean to cut you off, but what makes, what makes CDO group so different is you and your leadership and what you talk about, but tell, tell our listeners, what is CDO group? What do you guys do? Because already, you know, you think about just you as the leadership and on down, what a different philosophy from being on time to developing your people, wanting to become better all the time. Like who doesn't want to be attracted to a company like that to do development for them? What, what does CDO do? You know, CDO Group for 24 years has built the fastest growing brands out there. We work with, we, we work with not just the fastest ones, but we work with entrepreneurs and say, look, you, you do what you do and we're going to handle your development needs. We're going to find you the locations. We're going to negotiate the leases. You know, most entrepreneurs come to the market and they go, I make great pizzas or I make amazing food, but they've never negotiated a lease. They have no idea if they're getting taken at their brokers. I've, I've still today have never been a broker who doesn't have their perfect location in their portfolio today. And you're like, stop, 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 stop. Let's look at, you know, before you get suckered into a, a, a bad lease, the number one place I can save a restaurateur money 
it's not in the construction. It's in negotiating a better lease, right? And I look at, I look at lease deals every single day and go to myself, you know, especially today with, with retail, with the developers that are losing tenants by the, by the handfuls every, every quarter. Right. And how do I negotiate for a, a much better delivery? Right. The number one thing I can do, I, I can squeeze an electrician, a plumber, an HVAC guy for a couple percent in construction. Right. I can get them and go, all right, look, if you get this, I can squeeze it for a little bit. The number one place that change the numbers is getting a better delivery. If I get a better box, right. If I get the, the utilities, the HVAC, the, the gas lines, the water lines, the bathrooms, if I get the thing, you know, would you rent, would you, would you rent a house without electricity? No. Would you rent a house without air conditioning? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would you rent a restaurant without that? Right. right. Why would you take a space and restaurant tours get suckered into the deal all day long? So somewhere, you know, developers had the upper hand. They did for a long time. We, they had the upper hand. And today, restaurant tours have it. Look, they've got it. You know, today, I'm looking at malls that are completely pop-up malls. There's not a tenant in them. You know, we just went through a tour of, of, of pop-up malls, right, where the the restaurant tour, the restaurants are the, the attraction. They're building great restaurants where that's the draw for them all, right? They've got restaurants and they maybe put a zoo or something, some, some attraction for the people to come to. And the, and the retailers are pop-up. Today, retailers are realizing, hey, look, I just need to go to a, you know, and, they, and they, they have that technology now. They can find out, all right, look, if, if I'm Nike, I can look and go, all right, David the Runner. Great. Where, where, are all the Davids, where are all the Davids in this community? They're over here. All right, let me, let me go put, I got this new shoe that I want to come out and great. I want to buy this new running shoe for David and, the, and all of David's friends that run like David. But I also want to look at David's kids and his wife. And then I can figure out ways to social media attack them. Right. And they can go and do these pop-up stores that get a huge, they can spend lots of great money in creating this experience in a pop-up store. And once they get them to see the product, now they can go back to online sales. Right? All they need them to do is feel their product for the first time and they want to have experience with us so they can spend more money. Instead of spending the money they did on the 20-year lease, they now do this amazing pop-up store where they can have a great experience with their opportunity. And, and the anchor is the restaurants. Right, the, the restaurants are the guys who are sticking in there and, and, and making that developer what it has. So now think about your negotiating skills. When you go to a restaurant, when you go to a, a developer and go, hey, look, I'm going to put a great restaurant in here. Here's the brand you're going to get. I bring with me this craving, right? I, and by the way, I'm going to build a first class looking restaurant. You're going to be proud of it. It's going to be centered in the middle of your development. And people come here will get that your development is a great development because I put this restaurant here for you, right? I'm going to serve those people really, really well. And the retailers that come in here are going to want to be part of this restaurant because my brand's here with you. Now, when I negotiate with you, here's what I need to do to be a successful restaurant. I cannot walk in here, and build your building. I need you to give me the air conditioning I need. I need to have the power. I need the gas line, the water line. I, I, I cannot go across the highway to bring a gas line over to over here. That does not work in my development cost. I cannot spend $30,000 to go bring a gas line over here. You needed to bring that to my space. I look what's in the walls. I'll take care of that. Right. My, my look, feel my equipment. I'll do that. But you got to give me the stuff that's fair. Right. The, the old days when I was, when I, you know, when it wasn't fair before, Restaurant tours sucked up, a, you know, developers would half bake a, a mall and you move in and have to finish, you know, I call it half baking, right? Somewhere there was this Texas gray shell, they called it. And they would sell retailers on, well, if you want the space, you have to take it like it is. And really what it meant was you had to finish building it. Right. Right. And where, where would I ever rent a house that way? I mean, I look at a guy and go, I'm not renting a house that way, but somewhere right. we got sold on that. So you, you start with the demographics and, and finding them the right location. You're negotiating a location, make sure they write things. What after that, what else do you do? From there, we really work on construction, right? Really, really making sure that we look at, because look, you're going to operate this thing for the next 20 years, right? If you're, if you're a great oper operator, we want to look at how it functions, right? How, how does the day-to-day -day interaction, where does your vacuum go, right? How we get, How is your front line going to look? What's the flow of the restaurant? So are you How helping you in the architecture so plans or are we getting an architecture and, and you're working with them? We, we're bringing in architectural partners and our, okay. our partners are across this country, right? In, in all 50 states in, in Canada, uh, look, we've got partners who do develop amazing, great architectural firms. Great. And then from there, we're going out and we're finding the best subs, subcontractors to help build these things out. So, so that when I tell you I'm turning over on this date, 
I turn over on that day. And you can count on that, right? You can start your pre-opening marketing, your hiring. You can, you can take that to the bank. Now, how do we do that? We start by winning day one, right? Most contractors, they're, they're a mess. If you, if you look at most, or most construction projects fail in the first two weeks of a project. If you go on a, most general contractors, they get the project, they go to start it, and they're buying out subcontractors two, three weeks into construction. As soon as we get that project, as soon as we start looking for it, we've negotiated with, with we start with schedules. We communicate with subcontractors in a different way. We help here. As a general contractor, we don't take advantage of subs. You can't be a great contractor and use your subcontractors. I've got to make sure that when they get there, their people get in and out quickly. Today, we do things that are much different. We have, it used to be trade stacking. Trade stacking really involved how many people I can get on a job site at one time. Right. How, how can I squeeze an electrician over here, a plumber over here? But with the COVID and all the stuff that's going on, you can't get that many people on a job site today. Now we do what's called shift stacking. Now we have people that start, some guys will start at three o'clock in the morning. There's old timers that love getting to work early. They want to be out for traffic because they'll get in at three o'clock in the morning. And they're, they're out before lunch, right? They're in and they're out. Then I got, you know, I got the, the boomers who love playing video games until two o'clock in the morning. They don't want to be until 10. Great. We don't need you here until 10. But today with the way we project manage, I can see job sites much clearer than ever before. I know exactly where it used to be. If you and I didn't get to the job site at the same time, inevitably the electrician was going to go work on this wall over here and there'd be a, a, a drywall stack there. And you're like, I can't work on the wall. But today I know schedules better than ever before. I can look at a, at a schedule and really look at where people are going to be, where I put equipment, how I operate the job site so that the material that we're moving, the material that we're bringing onto a job site is in a spot that, uh, that makes sense. No, that's, that's that. fantastic. Um, no worries. So, yeah. So yeah, again, kind of going backwards, you, you're, you're a full service, almost, it's just probably not the right word. You're a boutique developer in the sense that I don't need to go find all my individual pros and because it's a big deal to find a good restaurant architect, to find somebody who understands how to lay out a kitchen, to find somebody who can do real estate and find my demographics and negotiate, somebody who can manage my contractors, find the right contractors, make sure I open on time. Like you are full service. You're doing all of that in the project. Turnkey. If you look at the brands, the, the operators that we work for, we have partnerships with them. You have a passion for your restaurant. Bring them your passion to me. I, I love when I meet the, 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 the right uh, uh, group of people that are looking to build a restaurant. We can offer so much, we offer so much value in that, uh, the way that we look at it for them. Look, you focus on making sure your menu day one is perfect. You make sure that your staff is trained day one perfectly. I promise you we'll turn over our restaurant exactly like it needs to be turned over day one. You're, you'll, you'll, you're not going to be operating inside of bells and whistles and, and, and inspections, inspectors walking on. That's not going to happen because that's not fair to the operator. What does it, that cost you in your turnover? Is there a, just so as people listen to you, you got people who have $350,000 pizza place sandwich shops to people of $10 million breweries slash restaurants, you know, and multi-location, single locations as independents is on the independent side, because that's primarily who I work with, right? The chains have their their uh, operations team and so on and so forth. I'm kind of that franchise operations uh, team that an independent doesn't have for all intents and purposes, a systems, a support, and so on. For an independent operator, is there a level of restaurant sales volume size that is a more of a perfect fit for you? Or is it Come one, come all, we can handle it. Where do you find that you are the sweet spot? Who, who is that operator? What do they look like? You know, the operator for us where we add the most amount of value is in that one-off restaurant tour that starts off saying, hey, I'm going to start, my, my goal is to grow. I, I always love the guys that say, hey, I want to do 50 stores, but they haven't opened one yet. I'm like, let's just get one done right. And we'll get two done right. And then we'll get three done right. And we'll, I promise you, we'll get to the, we'll get to the hundred stores for you. But let's you know that that uh, I'm, we're working with a brand right now that's doing this uh, uh, great great uh, ch chicken restaurant. Let's get your first restaurant open, and then we'll get your second one open, and then we'll get your third one open. But opening one successful one at a time, let's not make sure that we're not you're not standing on your own air hose, right? We don't want to go looking at ten locations, and then you know the number one thing I see where restaurant tours fail is trying to grow too fast without the systems in place. Right. I, I watch brands, uh, you know, try to 
grow the number of restaurants that they're doing. At the same time, they're changing their menu. At the same time, they're, they're, they're changing their day parts. Let's focus on one thing at a time. Let's either grow, and then as we do, and then we get to a certain uh, marketplace, let's make changes strategically, right? We can really, I watch it all the time where we confuse the growth of a company with the time to change everything. And I'm saying to you, look, let's focus on one thing at a time. If you want to grow your locations, if you're a one-off guy, let's get one open. Let's get it up and open and operating great. Once we get close to opening, you feel like you're ready to start looking, we can start looking for two and three. But remember, if we're looking for number two, we got to be, you know, anytime we're looking for locations, we got to be looking at four or five locations at a time. In order to do that, it takes a little bit of work, right? In order to do, really negotiate great leases, you can't be stuck to one deal. We got to be looking at four or five locations in a, in a, in a marketplace that you want to be in, right? Especially that first location. We want it close to your home, around where you live, easy to get to. If you're a first time open a uh, restaurant, uh, a tour, and you're driving an hour and a half to get to your restaurant every day, it's not going to be successful. It's gonna, or it's going to be, it's going to hamper your ability to be successful, right? It really adds a lot of stress to you. Three hours of commuting back and forth to a restaurant isn't, isn't a great way to live, right? So our goal is to find you something that's close to where you live, right? So you can get in and out of it every day. So it's in your path of travel. And then we'll get that one. Let's get that one to win. And then we'll start looking at number two and number three. And once we get a team of people, we get the, you know, three or four of them, we get a team of people that are working for you. Now we can go a little bit faster, Right now we've got systems and we've learned how the restaurant operates. We understand that we need this oven, right? Because when we want to put together our training manuals, we understand we want to be able to set it at this temperature at this degree and it operates this way every single time. Now that's going to take a little bit of growth, right? It takes a little bit, especially when you're growing. Now, a lot of times I also tell people, learn to say no. I can't tell you how many operators think that I have to make every change every single day. A lot of times it's just, it's, it's as much saying no Look, I don't need to do that right now. My menu right now is great. This is working. So, so really, now, what's what's interesting is the the clients you attract. It's a mindset thing. They've got the right mindset. I mean, it's it's the same thing we That's talked right. about. It's not the person who goes, "Hey, just open me a restaurant," and I've picked it. And it's like you have a growth mindset. Whether you're going to have the one location or multiple, the fact is you're thinking, "I'm going to expand this and make this. This is my prototype, if you will." Uh, really thinking about it from start to finish as this is something you can grow. And, th- and that's, that's pretty cool. Um, how would somebody contact you if they wanted to learn more about what you and your company do? Really easy. Go to cdogroup.com. It's always the easiest way to get to our company. If you want to get to me, I'm Anthony at cdogroup.com. It's a pretty easy email to remember, right? Remember at, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're there. There's a group of people that will, uh, will greet you. If you want to get to me, just let them know that you want to get to Anthony at CDO group and, uh, that, that team will get you uh, to me. Thanks. Yeah. You've got, you've got your own podcast. You've had me on as a guest first. So I want you to tell people yeah. about the podcast. Cause everybody, you know, if you're listening to this, then you're somebody who likes to gain information and grow. Talk about your podcast, how they'd find it. Go to any any of the major podcasting uh, networks, and Spotify is a great one. If you go on there and look for the Future of Development podcast, right? The Future of Development podcast. Uh, we've got some great episodes on there. David was on there. It was so much fun having you on there. I've got lots of great reviews from that one. Uh, you know, and, and we're always talking about uh, this growth mindset. You know, the opportunities, taking technology and implementing them in, into uh, uh, in, into the restaurant world, into the construction world. Uh, how do we take technology and embed it and use it for our benefits? And uh, you'll find a lot of that there. And I'd love to have you guys come over and join. Uh, we'll we'll uh, put a link in here and we'll, we'll uh, have you come over and, and join us. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to share your knowledge, get people excited about, you know, finding a location, opening it the way it really should be done, let alone on time, which is crazy to me. Um <laughs> Is there anything parting thought you want to leave people with? David, I just, first I want to say thank you. I love, you, you know, you and I have these conversations that just, they tickle me inside. I, I, I love having the conversations we have. You know, uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you love restaurants as much as I love building them, uh, call me. Look, look even if, it, if we don't work together, if it's just a matter of having a great passionate conversation, call me up. Look, I love this business. I know that if you're listening to this show, you love this business too. You're looking for ways to continue to change. And, and you know, David, what you do and your group does, uh, you know, really does change uh, the ability for entrepreneurs to be successful. And I'm grateful to be on this show. And, and thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. 
Thank you, my friend. And I, I look forward to hearing my listeners come your way because it is a challenge to find a developer who can truly understand restaurants. And especially if you're not one of the big chains. So I'm so happy that we connected and that I'm able to share you with my audience because I think, I think your phone's going to ring off the hook, my friend. <laughs> Thanks a lot, David. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Thanks, man. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I want to give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass. <laughs>